0: You are now listening to Straight Facts, only on Big Gold Belt Media with your host, Cellus.
1: So I told you we would go live one day, so why not do it tonight on the NBA Free Agency? You know your boy Silly Sellers here. I got my boy Damian G. jumping on with me, and thanks for coming on for this first live show for SFE Straight Facts with Sellers, Season 1, Episode 14. Damien, how you feeling?
0: Oh, man, we're good. With When it comes to the NBA, you know, I, I get amped up for the draft. I get amped up for free agency. You know, the soap opera for me is the, be- the best part about sports sometimes. So here we are, soap opera aplenty.
1: And, and definitely, so far, plenty. And right now, we're shooting this live at 9.18. Free agency has been active for about three hours plus now. Um, as it started at 6 o'clock on the East Coast, where we already have some movements going as far as, you know, people moving left and right. So we're going to talk about it real quick as our first topic today is NBA Free Agency 2022. Now, just to give some heads up of things that's going on, and even I'm looking right on my screen, I got my computer ready and my TV here mm-hmm. right on the NBA TV Kyle Anderson just signed with the Minnesota Timberwolves, I think on a three-year deal, three- or four-year deal. But here's some important moves that took place. Uh, Bradley Bill with the Supermax, five for 251. Jalen mm-hmm. Brunson now becoming a New York Knicks, signing for 4 Anthony Simon staying in Portland for four-year, $100 million, which is a very wow. surprising one to me. A lot of money for him. I know they're going based off his potential, especially being 23 years old. Bobby Portis re-signed, four for 49 with Milwaukee. Um, Ty, Tyus Jones re signed with the Grizzlies two years, 30 million. I think that's a good deal as a backup point guard. Mombamba staying with Orlando. PJ Tucker is now going yep. to the Sixters, a three year, 32 million dollar deal. Victor Oladipo, a local product here from the DMV, um, staying in Miami for one for 11. Lou Dort, um, happy for him getting paid five for 87 to stay in OKC. Malik Monk now two year deal in uh, with the Kings. Gary Harris stays with Orlando for two years 26. Nicholas Platoon stays with the Clippers. Nicholas Claxton stays with the Nets. Um, Isaiah Hernstein is going to the Knicks. Two years 16 million mm-hmm. is leaving the Clippers. Also, a little low key signing. Jay Sean Tate got a nice payday. Three years for 22 to stay in Houston. Chris Bucher um, is staying with Toronto for three years and 35. Javale Je- McGee leaving my son to go to Dallas on a three-year, twenty million dollar deal gives him a nice center that they've been missing. Marvin Bagley the third, stays in Detroit. Joe Ingles one-year deal coming off the ACL injury, one-year, six point five million to Milwaukee. His wife funny had tweeted that out. <laughs> she, broke that <laughs> she broke it. She the broke knee. the deal. that is Young staying also in Toronto for two years, sixteen. Wesley Matthews staying on a one-year deal. Patty Mills staying with the Nets for a two-year deal. Here's a new signing, which is a little surprising. Lonnie Walker, the fourth, great coming out of college, did not really oh, turn out in the pro. He's going to be a Laker now, one year, $6.5, 6.5 million. Uh, Dwayne Detman staying in Miami. Um, then we got Amir Coffey staying in the Clippers on a nice cheap three-year, $11 million deal. Damian Jones, a little journeyman, is going to the Lakers on a two-year deal. Daniel House is going to the Sixers. Javon Carter stays in Milwaukee. Uh, Troy Brown Jr. is going to the Lakers on a veteran minimum. Uh, Juan Toscano Anderson is now becoming to a Laker uh, at the agreed to a deal. So a nice story going from Golden State uh, to now the Lakers. Kevin Knox, uh, another journeyman, is trying to, going to get a new start in Detroit. And the last signing, the Washington Wizards sound, signed DeLon Wright, a veteran, on a two-year deal. And then also we have our rumors that are going on right now. Damon, we got Kevin Durant wants to be traded. Kyrie wants to be traded. So a lot of drama looking at that. Tell me your thoughts of the signings that I reeled off. Is there any that's, you know, for you that you thought was great? Tell me your thoughts.
0: Okay. So full disclosure, kids, I am a Knicks fan, sadly. Uh, I've been a Knicks fan since I was a kid. I still pine for the days of Patrick Ewing patrolling the paint at Madison Square Garden. So seeing them pay $110 million for Jalen Brunson. Now, I live in Dallas. I got a great bird's eye view of his game all season. He is a tough, defensive-oriented, well, for his size. He's a sturdier defender than people give him credit for. But when Luka was off the floor, especially when he torched the Jazz in that first-round playoff series where Luka was still banged up, my man putting up like 28-7. and So when we talk about betting on potential, this man has gotten steadily better the four plus years he's been in the league. Now he's tough. He'll play hard. This is the first time he's going to be the main facilitator on offense. Uh, I I hope that just takes the ball out of, uh, Julius Randall's hands because the whole point forward thing he tried to do for the last year and a half. Yeah. Let's stop that. Let's knock that off. Uh, 28 mil a year for Jalen Brunson. I mean, when you factor in 37% of New York taxes, Dallas doesn't have any state income tax like Texas in general. So they had to knock him out of the water. His dad now was a coach for the Knicks who used to play for the Knicks briefly uh, in the 90s. I believe Leon Rose's son is his agent. So tampering a plenty potentially going on when Dallas was supposed to get a meeting with him. And then out of nowhere on Thursday, not even before the meeting gets scheduled. Yeah, we're not. We're gone. You know, the, the, the notes went out that he was going to leave for the Knicks. Uh, here's the biggest surprise. It's the fact that this is such a lackluster free agency period that we're talking about other players staying with their teams, getting the max yes, or potential trades with KD and Kyrie wanting to go elsewhere. So, like you mentioned before, Bradley Beal, 251. Yep. Devin and Booker gets 214. 214. Not official yet,
1: but it's talking about. Yep, 214.
0: Jokic, according to Shams, gets 264. Yes. To stay with the Nuggets. So, right there, three major players who weren't even free agents got their contracts to stay with their team. And then what? What are we left talking about? P.J. Tucker going to Philly. the, the Sixers? Yep. Eh. 33 million. The big thing here is all of a sudden, KD wants out of Brooklyn. When three days ago on social media, he told people he wanted to wait and see how the Kyrie situation plays itself out.
1: Yep. yep. Waited
0: for Kyrie to opt in and say, All right, I'm out. I want to go to either Miami because he has a home there, or I want to go to Phoenix. Mm-hmm. That's the list he gave Brooklyn.
1: That's it. That's are it. you
0: serious right now? We are in a look. I'm not going to be the old man yelling at the at the clouds. I can I typically can do that. I'm very pro player in sports.
1: Get off my lawn.
0: <laughs> but oh my God, you have people who still have two plus years on their contract saying, you know what? I'm out. Trade me now. Yep. And then you then you fax a list a uh, fax a list over to your team saying, I want these two. Really? So who's to stop Brooklyn from pulling, uh, remember when San Antonio traded Kawhi to to Toronto for that one year when he wanted to really go to LA? If Brooklyn does acquiesce and trade KD, why would they even remotely trade him to the Eastern Conference? Unless you full-blown want to start a rebuild, do some shenanigans to get rid of both Kyrie and KD, and then Brooklyn, two years removed or so, yeah, we took them from the Knicks. Yeah, we got the free agency signings. woo Y'all going to bottom out again, Brooklyn. Where have you seen this before? Oh, yeah, wait. When you had an aging KG, an aging Paul Pierce, and a broken-down Gerald Wallace, and you mortgaged the future, one of those people being Damian Lillard. Doing it again, Brooklyn. Have fun. So that's the major thing that sticks out in my mind. The Anthony Simons trade uh, extension, $20 million a year. Isn't surprising when you look at his PR and his metrics. Now, I know a lot of people don't like PER to, to gauge a player's impact on the court. But aside from Dame, who would you bring into Portland? Wouldn't it make more sense to have a homegrown talent stick around than try to pull a free agent to play with a 32-year-old Damon Lillard? You got Anthony Simons. You got rid of C.J. McCollum. You got to start somewhere to keep Dame relatively happy. Simons has proved, even though it's a small sample set, in 30 minutes a game, his averages were about, his per, I guess, per 40 averages Mm -hmm. rounded out to about 22 points a game.
1: Which is not bad. Which is not bad at all. Six
0: or seven boards. Who's to say that's that's not going to be a good signing, if not right away? definitely in the last two years of the contract Yes. because let's say they do move on from Damian Lillard. They still have a homegrown talent that by the time we get to four years from now, if he pains out, if he pays out and plays out, he's going to be below market rate. If you're paying Jalen Brunson, 28 million to come to your team in New York, sorry, Knicks fans, I love you, but damn, uh, what's to say Anthony Simons isn't worth all that. So All in all, I think those are the big stories coming out of the free agency period uh, because that's about it.
1: Absolutely. And just shout out Brandon Katz. You know, I don't don't think Brandon has any relation to Andy Katz, but definitely put some compelling notes that I shared on screen. First, he said Phoenix is the only team that has a compelling package for the Nets and Durant will play for. They can give them Aiton and Bridges and two very young players on top of draft picks, which is another thing that was very interesting. Within the next five years, Phoenix owns every single one of their draft picks. And if you own your draft picks, of course, you can have it protected if it's a top four, top two, or things of that nature. But it's very important where if you are a team that controls your own draft picks, you can give that to a team who needs that. Because I think the Nets Correct. don't have a lot of picks especially in the first round where they can control they're depending on other people for that and i agree with brandon here where he says durant fits best in portland because you think of that big three of simon's litter and and kd but they don't have the assets to give in return phoenix does now as a phoenix fan myself i definitely <laughs> would hate i'm a huge huge mikhail bridges fan um i would hate to give him up but if you want to be in win now mode with the, the ratio that Chris Paul is going to be teetering down a little bit going into later stages of his career, you have to pull this trade. You have to give up the young talent. You'll fill up veteran minimums of different players that want to fill out. For example, the Nets did that. You'll have your LaMarcus Aldridge that put your five minutes. You'll have your Blake Griffiths that may pull two or three minutes. You'll find enough veteran minimum, minimum players that will want to play if your team is loaded with this talent. And my Phoenix, even though I don't want to give up Bridges, you have to. Uh, Aiton is definitely young talent that you can give in, and I know they just signed Claxton, but it's something you have to really think about. In addition to the draft picks that goes forward, you take that now if you want to get your first championship in your franchise history. Now, I also want to do this for you, Damien. Let's go ahead and try to share my screen a little bit. Um, let's see, uh, Chrome tab.
0: Also, to you know Brandon's point in the chat, definitely about where Durant fits and potentially, like we were talking about. DeAndre Ayton, he's already a goner because yep. Robert Sarver's dumb self decided to say, yeah, I don't think you're a max player. Uh, is there uh, – for the fact that Phoenix has done so much in the last year and a half, yes. I mean, two years when you count the bubble, right? Yes. when they caught fire at the bubble, to have an owner this idiotic, this moronic to make these kinds of statements, you're not George Steinbrenner. You can't make these kinds of statements – in the NBA and expect people to want to stay with you. And yep. then if you go back to the finals, you saw that Ayton was benched for what Monty Williams deemed what an internal
1: situation? Yes. Yes. What?
0: Yeah, he's been a goner before the finals even started.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And that was part of the reason why Dallas did overtake Phoenix in that second round. As I'm still embarrassed to talk about that game, I know on my one of my previous episodes, I talked about my top 10 blunders for my favorite teams and how that ranked. Oh, I don't even want to live through that again. But going back to your Knicks, and I'll say this, for you being a Knicks fan, if the Knicks are good, the NBA is good, in my opinion. Correct. Because when you think about some of the best fans in all of sports, New York Knickerbocker fans are definitely up there. And I hope you can see my screen. Can you see the screen? No, let me see.
0: I cannot.
1: Cannot, Need okay. Let me it to stream. All right. There we go. All right, you can see it. Okay, gotcha. We can see the screen. Now, you see what your rotation or depth chart is currently right now with the Jalen Brunson sign of according to ESPN.com. When you look mm-hmm. at that starting five, you know, Brunson at the one, Fournier at the two, who's a – you know, he's a good player, but – He's a gunner. Yeah, and you got R.J. Barry who's up and coming. I'm very a pr- a- a proud of his development. But then you Same. talked about Randall and, and Mitchell Robinson. But who's a free you... agent,
0: by the way. Mitchell and, and, Robinson is still an unrestricted free agent, which is why a lot of people are saying – that is why they signed Harderstein, yes. because they know Mitch is already gone.
1: Yep. And do you put him in the starting lineup, just based on what this Ross? I know you still got more you know, filling out to do, and I love Quickly off the bench. Uh, He's he just a, a great, great energy off the bench. What do you feel about this starting five, and do you think Jalen Brunson can be possibly just that IQ, even though he's not the most talented, he doesn't have the greatest size. But when you talk about heart and dedication as a winner, going back to his Nova days in college, how do you see him filling out this roster and leading these men?
0: Here's the thing. I don't think he's going to be the leader. You know who mm. the leader of this team is going to wind up being? It has to be. R.J. Barrett.
1: R.J. Barrett, yep.
0: It's got to be R.J. Barrett. Strip, not even because he was the third pick in the draft, you know, that had Zion and Ja in it. It's because the steady production that he's given since his rookie year and the progression. And New York Knicks fans have come to this this love of R.J. Barrett when after that first season, people were kind of just, eh, I don't know. But he has shown a willingness to put work in the lab, in the weight room. Mm -hmm. He still can't go anywhere but left, not to quote Stephen A. Smith. But here's what I see with R.J. Barrett. And maybe this was his pre-draft comparisons i would have to go back and look at the notes he is a power guard even though mm-hmm. he really can't shoot well he is a power guard who can play multiple positions on the wing he's Dwayne wade if Dwayne wade was six foot seven
1: exactly. exactly exactly and
0: you need that you need someone with like you talk about heart right so brunson heart before the booze rained down i thought julius Randle had a chance to be heart of the Knicks, but I feel like he's a, he's an empty arena Mm all-star. You know, he got his bag. Kudos to him. I feel as if he tried maybe too hard to live up to the contract instead of letting the game come to himself. He wanted to be all NBA first team because he was second team the year prior, but this team as it's currently constituted and I'm a loyal Knicks fan. They're no better than the seventh seed in that Eastern conference as they stand right now. And I'm sorry, if you're a New York Knicks fan, you could bing bong your ass to death. There's no way in hell, hell bon. <laughs> you are paying those exorbitant Knicks prices. I'd rather watch the New York Rangers after their their run through the to the Eastern Conference Finals uh, than watch a Knicks game for what they charge to be the seventh seed or even the play in. I'm good.
1: Shout out to the Rangers on their their, their reboot stage like it was the Mark Messier times in, in 94 trying to bring him back almost to a Stanley Cup championship. So, you know, mm-hmm. definitely uh, shout out to the Rangers on that. But you're right. You're right. It's going to be still uh, interesting offseason. Once again, it's only three hours in, three hours and 34 minutes to be exact. Uh, just the fact that we got to make sure it's still time for moves, trades, things to happen. And granted, the summer league is back. So what are we going to look at the Summer League? Is there going to be some up-and-coming people that you may sign and put in the G League that may be uh, down better? Uh, shout out once again to Brandon again. The Knicks turned down Durant, and now they're paying for $40 twenty million a year. You're right about that. Um, I mean, I want the Knicks to be good. I'm not a Knicks fan, but I want them to be good because when they're good, it's great for the NBA. Um, any other predictions, Damian, before we go to our second topic that you want to put just on this free agency that you probably look forward to see or you think may happen?
0: I'm glad that the Oklahoma City Thunder are actually doing something with their money and their yes. draft picks and trying to develop young talent. You know, SGA notwithstanding. Yep. Lou Dort. I love now, Lou Dort. Now, if, if you look at what happened with Lou Dort's contract situation before free agency, yes, the Thunder declined his $2 million team option to make him a restricted free agent because he wanted to stay. Yep. And he, what, $17.5 million over the next five seasons? So you know what? Good for him. Good for him getting his money. 17 points a game, four rebounds, admittedly with the Thunder. But when remember when OKC built up Durant, Harden, Westbrook, Abaka? They struggled in those first couple of years, did they not? They did. And then when they slowly started crawling, they were the eighth seed against the top-seeded Lakers. Yep. Remember that? Yeah, I do. Who's to say Who's to say Sam Presti finally isn't saying, you know what? We had all these draft picks. We got to hit on some. We got to keep some of our homegrown talent, you know. And they just drafted Chet, what Chet Holmgren. So yep. and I'm, I'm still well, on the fence but,
1: with him. But
0: by the way, did you see the Slim Towers nickname? No, no, they, I did not. Yeah, they gave they gave Chet and um, I keep forgetting his name. The other one uh, OKC, they called them the Slim Towers.
1: I was, about, uh, uh, was it Alexev? Alexev? Alexei? Alexei? Alexei. Testy, or however you pronounce his name. Yeah, I mm-hmm. can see that. But the but one person to really watch out for who I think will be the star, even with Lou and Shy, Josh Getty. I think he's definitely yes. going to be a big star. Give him time to develop. But when you talk about that as a one, two, three, like, like kind of what New Orleans did this year with their three rookies and how they gave Phoenix a run, I think OKC maybe in a year or two can get a chance to do that, just give them one veteran piece that they could probably sign that's a low-key veteran, sort of like what Vince Carter did for Atlanta a couple of years ago that's going to propel them of knowing how to win and do the right thing. Um, maybe bring Jeff Green back, somebody of that nature that could help with that locker room. Um, so once again, Green. oh I, <laughs> Jeff Green, I love him. He's like the the AC Green or the Chucky Brown, whatever you want to, you know, Chuck Pearson, Brown. whatever, whatever <laughs> reference you want to use for a 20 year veteran. Oh, he, he he's going to do that. So shout out to Jeff Green, a local product of the DMV as well. Now, getting ready to shift to our second topic, which was a huge headline for today. USC and UCLA are leaving the Pac-12 and moving to the Big Ten. Now, this is a flurry of movements that a lot of schools are doing, and I know it's all about money, and it's about that college football money. That college football money is setting the tone of what's going on. And it started years ago you know when Maryland left the ACC and went to the Big Ten. Even before that, Syracuse uh, and Pittsburgh leaving the Big East and going down to mm-hmm. the ACC. ACC. Um, and, and then you have a whole – and now more recently you have Oklahoma leaving the Big 12 and now coming to the SEC along with Texas. So you have Mm -hmm. all these schools making these big money moves because they want to get that revenue of things with the college football. And in a way, if you think about it, with the NIL that's going on right now, schools want to make sure they get their money too because they know their kids are getting all these NILs. Now, my my father-in-law said this to me a long time ago. He said it's going and I really believe, he said this about 10 years ago. In college football, or probably in college sports in general, you're going to end up with four major divisions, and he called it the North, South, East, and West. When we think about it, it's now becoming the Big Ten, the SEC, the a- the ACC, and whatever that last division remain will be will probably be a lot of those schools on the West. Damien, what do you think about USC and UCLA moving to the Big Ten 2024?
0: <sighs> You know, it was it was a long time coming. I think it was inevitable. Uh, I don't want to just harken back to the money aspect because we know really that's what it's about. Okay. But I noticed this happening years ago, and you brought it up when Syracuse leaving the Big East. Because I used to be a big college basketball Ooh. fan. I grew up with the Big East, with St. John's, Georgetown, Syracuse, and the like.
1: Oh, it was the and, best conference. Best conference, hands and down. See,
0: and seeing those teams I grew up with watching, Leave for the ACC, hurt. for me just felt, yeah, exactly. I think hurts it hurt. the easiest way to put that. So for me to watch UCLA and USC, to again West Coast, <laughs> they fit the Pac-12. You know, because remember when it was the Pac-10 kids? Yes. Yeah. Then it became the Pac-12, and even they the eight before that. right? Epitomized that con- that conference. You know, UCLA if we want to talk about football, you know, they've had their, their, their runs every once in a while to like surprise people, but USC sanctions notwithstanding the fact that they're leaving to go to. And I told you this beforehand to go to, to, to leave the PAC 12, but to go to the big 10 gross, like, and I don't mean that to, to, to besmirch the teams already Mm -hmm. in the big 10, Geographically it makes no freaking sense. It does not. Okay. It makes no sense to have, let's say, UCLA go to pay, play who? Michigan State as an interconference game or Iowa? What? What world do we live in where this has to happen? But you brought up the best point because of now the NIL, the next mm-hmm. in line or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. because these student athletes are getting paid. Mm -hmm. They can't be, I want to say, they can't be taken advantage of by big universities. So they have to come up with other ways to make money and to support their athletic programs. And it's not going to be just from private boosters anymore. So what you do, you realign conferences, you line those pockets up, you go into a new audience, new television stream revenue. If you're going into the Big Ten Network, so that's more money in your pocket, if you play in in an in it's it's but here's the thing still the rose bowl you still have mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you know you can wind up having ucla playing in the rose bowl as a member of the big 10 and mind you this is 2024 so yep. we have a little bit of time to get used to this but it all comes down to number one college football as a whole had to recoup the money that they're potentially losing with athletes getting paid absolutely. with their name and likeness
1: absolutely
0: so this was the easiest way for them to do that changing conferences it's going to be the norm five six more years you're probably going to have Hawaii playing in the Big East or you're going to have what UC Santa Barbara play, playing in in the Ivy League just just to see this get just totally out of whack I'm so glad we don't have any NCAA games on like consoles oh as much anymore because it would be ridiculous to try to keep track of this stuff absolutely that, that's all it really comes down to my friend It's really about the money and recouping lost lost earnings potentially.
1: Absolutely. And I will say this, and you make up a great point too. So geographically, how do you do that? Because you can't have this. It's almost like the NFL, right? You almost have to plan uh, your travel now on college football. Correct. It's like you have the 49ers. No, take it back a little. Let's go back to the younger days. You got to have the Arizona Cardinals come all the way to Washington every year because you had that NFC East robbery where the Arizona Cardinals were in the NFC East, for those that remember during that time. Now, I think what they're going to do for the Big Ten, is they're going to probably end up with 16 teams when it's all said and done yep. they'll have a big 10 east and a big 10 west so you have your iowas your nebraskas your minnesotas will be on the west side that will be with usc and ucla then you have your michigans and your ohio states will be on and the northwesterns will be on one side where you can definitely clash on those and they kind of set that up right now with how many teams they have but i think it's going to set the tone where all these many conferences or many divisions within your conference is going to be set up for your playoff. Now, will you expand your playoff to eight teams? Will you do it to even more or will you try to keep it all those four teams? But it's all about that money push and doing what you need to do to make sure you're trying to get as much value as it can for the players that you have and what you're going to do. Um, once again, go back to Brandon, put a good point. I don't see college football losing any money with NIL because only a couple of players will benefit from it. And the TV deals are only going to get bigger. And let me add here too, the streaming deals too, pay attention to what's going on with this uh, NFL Sunday ticket and what may take place this year in preparation for next year. I'm hearing rumors about an NFL plus channel that may come up for about five bucks a month. So what does that mean? And how does that lead into the streaming? And money doesn't have to come from colleges. Then also, Brandon put, the big bowls are going to go away in a couple of years. The playoff system will expand, and these bowls will go away. It's interesting point, but it's a lot of money that's being made in these Chick-fil-A bowls, the the yogurt <laughs> bowls, and, and whatever bowls that you want to call. <laughs> the You say the Damien G these and Silly crazy. Sellers bowl, you know, whatever you want to call it. But it's a lot of money that comes with these bowls. But it's going to be interesting to see how they do that. What do you think on Brandon's comments?
0: You know what? I, I'm, I'm reading Brandon's comments right now. The big bowls are going to go... Yeah, because again, I, I don't want to be the old guy talking about yesteryear, but when we were younger sellers, we had the Cotton Bowl, the Carquest mm. Bowl, like these, the Peach Bowl. These were bigger deals. Yes. Now it's corporate sponsorship, i.e., bowl. So yep. it could literally, like, we had the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Remember that? Yes. So now that was a championship game. That was a championship game. So I think personally, it's going to be oversaturated. I want these kids to get bowl to be bowl eligible get paid to play in a bowl game get a little cash that's fine with me for me it's a matter of how much is too much and then if you really want to talk about college athletics people like to talk about trickle down economics within college athletics football and basketball at big schools bring in the money so the bowling team can exist right Mm -hmm. but at what point do we stop blaming that as the reason why certain things don't get funded and realize, I'm sorry, Kentucky, but your football team isn't gonna really produce anything. You might want to pack it in. Yep. You know, go down to D2, do something. I'm sorry, Duke. You might have had Coach K all these years, but Coach K ain't walking out that door to coach on the gridiron. Stop it. It's too much. And I get it, it all comes down to the mighty dollar. But at what point, as a fan, because I'll tell you this, Sellers what a lot of people don't know about me is that I started my career doing sports, uh, sports broadcasting mm-hmm. and my mentor who taught me, he said, you might have to go down to the sec country and work some old miss games mm-hmm. to start your career. And I went me going <laughs> down to Mississippi to cover old miss for what to see them play in the piglet bowl. Like, and again, I, I, Eli Manning notwithstanding an old Miss. Right, right. No. How much is too much? I know there's always content for college football. But is it really th- – I mean, for me, I know uh, other parts of the country, that is king. Mm-hmm. The South, the Midwest, that is king. I get that. But, man, almighty, how much can you bleed college athletics now that the kids are getting paid? Like, how much is too much? And Brandon says he's not saying the lower bowls are going to go away, but I think the Rose Bowl and the bigger bowls will go away with the expanse of the playoffs. And, yes, they'll they'll go away by losing their significance. You Absolutely. might as well just say, welcome to the first round of the college football playoffs. Yep. Forget the Forget the corporate sponsorships. Just call it the first round brought to you by Kia, like the NBA on ABC. <laughs> That's where we're going. Gambling is pushing ratings and revenues higher too. Yes. All these legalized gambling sites, you know, all these parlay betting sites. I've learned more about gambling over the last year in sports Mm -hmm. betting and parlay bets than I ever had when I was picking spreads back when I was a teenager. So gambling in and of itself has evolved. Mm -hmm. So it's just more ways. We talked about this on the big gold belt wrestling podcast. Yeah. These are influencers ways to make content ways to get a name out there ways to make money college football is no different they're finding ways to make money be it corporate sponsorships be it the pinstripe bowl that we have new era sponsoring up in the bronx when did you ever think Cellis, we would have a college football bowl game in the bronx at yankee stadium yep are you serious yep but that's where we're going
1: and even an interesting point too, as gambling is also in this avenue too. Is pushing for ratings and revenue higher too? Now, I mean, now you, we all see it. Now you're having gambling sure. shows. that's on ESPN. that shows. Okay, what's your push? What's your your betting line that you want to put on some of these games? That's even putting more money. And this is going to bring even more atmosphere to the games. Um, so once again, we'll see how this continues. Are more schools going to move on to uh, different different conferences? What are our conferences going to be? Are we going to see the Mountain West take over on the West side? You know, <laughs> what, what, what is going to happen? Um, but it's it's always out there. Once again, money is going to be moved and things of that nature. Um, but as we get ready to close up, first of all, thank you, Damien, for coming on live for me. You know, first show live. Once again, thank you to everybody putting the chat, especially Brandon. Um, do you guys want to see more live shows? I told you it was coming. It was impromptu. Why not do it live here? Um, and I'll definitely will definitely keep posting these. I'm going to post this on Friday. Because I know Sunday is the holiday weekend and things of that nature. So let's get a chance for people to look at this Friday, as I'll definitely post this Friday morning. But for those that are live, do you want us to go live more? Uh, Damien G, any, any more comments or, or things you want to show as we get ready to close?
0: Sure. As we get ready to close, I just want to say sports as a whole has always been a great relief for a lot of us, a great distraction. Absolutely especially when we're younger, we want to play sports. We want to be active. We want to be in the Little League, and we want to play Pop Warner. I was in the Junior Knicks League back home. So the the purity of sports, I miss that. I love that part. But for me, as I get older, the soap opera is so much more entertaining than the actual game where I see people like Adrian Wojnarowski getting paid, Adam Schefter, getting paid to not even watch games just to do this, to be the TMZs when it comes to sports, even TMZ has sports. So this is where sports is going, but I hope a lot of us don't lose sight of what sports is. And it is, it is joyful. It is great to be a fan. Some of y'all are a little too fanatical for my taste, but I respect that you have, you know, your, your ties to your teams. But again, sometimes the story is better than the X's and O's and execution. And I fall into that category currently. So if you hear me again on the show, that's what I'm going to be talking about more. More of the soap opera.
1: And Damien D will definitely be back. And I think that's very well said, even going through our pandemic times, we felt that too just seeing that story, even though fans are there, that story was there with us that we needed that during that time that we was going through the pandemic. So that was very well right. said. Um, even on top of that, Damien will be back because he definitely wants to talk some baseball. And I know we got some baseball fans out there that we definitely come up for on that show, especially about how his Mets are doing. And then as well as those Texas Rangers that he's that he's with right now. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll give you more on that a little bit later, especially as we're getting ready to our Midsummer Classic. The All-Star Game is right around the corner and baseball is kicking into that high gear. But for your boy, Damian G., I'm Silly Sellers. Once again, thank you for coming on. We'll see you guys on the next show.